0: Hello and welcome to the Mental Health and Gaming Podcast. Returning this week is me, Bradley. There we go. I forgot who I was. But um, I can't think of anything pithy. I can't be asked to think of anything pithy to introduce him. So with me this week is Stu. How are you doing, Stu?
1: All uh, right. Well, I don't need a pithy introduction because I've, I've got all the pith with me. Or oh, I'm taking the pith a lot of the time. Uh, but yeah, no, it's good to have you back. I. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> if you heard last week's, I did both sides of the conversation at the beginning. Uh, just because I'm a little bit strange and mental, and yeah, yeah, that
0: yeah. Was all right. Good, made more sense than usual. <laughs> yeah,
1: but yeah, it's good to have you back.
0: So, right, so um, yeah, this this sounds all natural so far, doesn't it? You can tell that I'm completely out of it as well. That the usual timing's gone. Do you know something else where you need some good timing though? What's that? I still don't forget a segue it's video games. Oh yeah, that's right. What have you been playing, Joe?
1: Well, to kick off, I've been playing a game called Into the Pit, which is on Game Pass. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a bit of a funky one. So it's very much in the retro-styled shooter, sort of subgenre that's cropped up, and there's a lot of them around. It was funny because I was thinking... The other day, oh, I can't remember the names of any of these that have come out recently that are retro-styled. I must look them up so I can reference them on the podcast. And then, like, I completely forgot to do that. So there's a whole realm of fairly recent sort of boomer shooters, as they like to be called, which is such a misnomer. But anyway, that uh, are around and about. And I can't remember the names of them, so I'll probably Google them as we're going along. But anyway, so what it is, it's kind of, like, very much in the style of... Well, you know, kind of quake and doom, more quake than doom. It's got um you know, Auto Run is always on, it's got tons and tons of enemies, it's you know, that kind of serious Sam thing of they're just constant and you know the earlier games that I mentioned as well, but it's kind of oh how to how to go into it It's very <laughs> it looks okay, it looks quite nice, it's got this very deliberate rough aesthetic, you know, so that everything looks really kind of aliased and blocky and it's got really garish colours like a lot of the kind of first person shooter Quake style rip-offs that were around back in the in the early to mid 90s. So yeah, it, it's got all the looks, that's not a problem at all um, It's got a couple of other problems though. So the first one is that they've gone and gone, right, okay so we're going to make this what are we going to do to make it stand out apart from the retro styling? And they've gone, right, let's make it a roguelike. (laughs) And... Right. For me, that's kind of like, oh, gee whiz, that's not a good choice. Because I think particularly in first-person shooters, they're so basic that you really need that continuous ramping up of, you know, the weaponry and the... The enemies and everything needs to be very quickly scaling up to something big. And if you if you look at like Doom 2016 or even Doom Eternal, there's that thing of you're constantly getting these upgrades, and it, it's you really need them because the way that you interact with the world has to change and has to get quicker and more adept, and the weapons. Incrementally help with that, even though you know, even though they get more powerful and decimate the little enemies, you're getting bigger and bigger ones all the time. But I played, you know, into the pit for 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 a while, and it was just using the same stuff, and then with tiny incremental little upgrades every now and again. Yeah, you know, with these little stat things like RPGs, it's like, oh, you can inflict poison on an enemy. And it's like, well, I'm kicking out so much damage at the moment, so much DPS the little enemies that that doesn't matter and it's not really applicable to the the big enemies and you know stuff like that it's just kind of like where's the value in this and it has its own value because there's people who love that that they'll go back and they'll do the same bits over and over again a little bit like dark souls and they'll they'll like it but for me it's just like this these are two incompatible genres And I get no fun from that inherently. But that aside, I think there would have been more fun if the weapons were any good. But certainly to the point that I played, and this is partly because there's no rumble, there's no feedback from the weapons. They all feel airy, floaty. They all feel as if they're doing very little damage. The the hit animations aren't great. They're okay when the the creature finally dies, in in some cases. Some of them collapse. Most of them just disappear and it's just like, that feels low effort, because the engine's good and it looks pretty, and it's obviously got stuff in there, but yeah kind of very, very little in the way of physics very uninteresting weapons to this point, it's got this you know, this thing of like, you're casting things from your hands, rather than using weapons, using guns and um if i could have if i'd been bothered to check him and turn a, a look at the these kinds of shooters in this revival at the moment i would have given you some names as to what it's like but i didn't so yeah for me i at the moment i would love to hear other people's opinions because it's a it's a total miss for me at the moment it's just not firing on any of the cylinders i need it to be
0: yeah that's that is a shame. I mean, once you get to a point where you needed to stand out, you wonder is there starting to be some oversaturation in a market that was feeding fresh for a while. Um, I remember uh, a few years back, uh, again, I can't remember what the game was called, but it was uh, kind of like this old style, sort of like retro feel to it, but you was kind of on this... Uh, demon like health fire platform thing and these enemies were coming at you from all different angles and you had to shoot them and just stay alive and that felt really fresh and that was literally just you weapon demons shoot get through wasn't roguelike but it was there was no point to it apart from shooting and surviving high scores or whatever um and just by being simple and you it stood out and i think there's so many of these doom inspired like oh, look we should do this and keep all the aesthetics games now that yeah I, I i don't look at this and go oh neither i want to play a roguelike version of this at all so I they they I think these sort of games need to live and die on their shooting and just their overall fun, not what they can shoehorn in to stand out.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I could you know, I could be in a minority. Um I suspect I'm not though, like, because as I say, even if you love the way that it's constructed in terms of progression, you know that that kind of feedback from from attacks is just not there and you you yeah. you remember how good you know the the both the animations on the weapons are in doom and the, the you know the noise that they make and the hit reactions they never get boring you know you know they, the the different enemies would collapse into piles of goo or the heads would explode and you need that kind of feedback if you're playing something bananas and the other thing which I hadn't mentioned is, so far the levels are that typical sort of... They're, they're just... They're kind of like all on one level with with like... They look like cubicles in an office. They're, they're blocked by walls. Yeah. A little by, a bit like the original Wolfenstein. And they've got like raised areas that you can jump onto. But other than that, there's not really anything else in terms of level design, because they're clearly meant to be... You know, either easily put together, or procedurally generated, or a combination of the two, and that just makes it for me really, really boring. The level design, in if you think about it, the best, almost the best thing about Doom and Quake are the amazing levels and the verticality. And in the case of Quake, not Doom. So you know, yeah, for me, it's like, how, why, why come back thirty years later, or you know. 26, 27 years later with something that's so inferior to what it's trying to mimic.
0: Yeah. Actually, one thing you've just made me think about is the uh, Doom and Quake, when I played those, I was playing those on controllers or keyboard. They don't have rumble feedback, yet those games made you think you were getting feedback. Yeah. You felt like when you shot a shotgun in Doom, you were shooting a shotgun. So if you can't do that... In your game with all the modern quality of life improvements and oh yeah
1: yeah yeah the hands that are held out in front of you they're reasonably well animated but there's just a hand handful hey handful of animations on them yeah and very little that you can do and you'd i think you really need and they're like that's in a way deliberate because it's it's a retro shooter but as i say it's that part of it that side of it seems to be mimicking the you know, the the stuff that came out in the wake of the classics rather than the classics themselves. Yeah. And I'd just be like, take take this back into development, take it away for for a year, look for another round of funding, add some more stuff to it and just bulk it out into a proper game. Hopefully they can do that in a sequel. They've, they'll obviously have had a shed load of money because it's on Game Pass, so Microsoft have paid up front and they've covered their nut already, no problem. So... Yeah, fingers crossed for for a better sequel from them.
0: Yeah, good, good. So I've been playing one game um, in the last week or so. Um, I was laying there and I thought these could be be my last days. So I'm gonna try some drugs. Good plan. Um, I thought I've never had I've never had acid before, so I decided you know what, I'm gonna take some ecstasy. <laughs> uh, couldn't find a dealer, so I made do with ecstasy on the switch. Hey. Um, I've spoke about the game before, ecstasy, um, and how much I really enjoy it. Um, it's a cross between Tetris um, and Lumines, um, and it's just a, it's just a really good mix of the two. It doesn't do anything, I think, outstanding to separate like to to go. Oh, look, we're trying to be overly clever. Um, it's got a Tetris-sized well. It hasn't got the full screen. Lumodies well, which I, which I liked. It allows me to concentrate on that certain area. And you basically match the colours, get a group of four to start a chain, uh, and try and build up big chains to get big scores to the beat, things like that. Yeah, so you chain your scores again. Anyone who's played Lumodies knows exactly how that works. You have got like te- different site, different types of Tetromino shapes. And you don't rotate the pieces, you rotate the colours within the pieces, and then they drop. What What is the uh, little bit you do have to get used to is they come down in a shape, but they fill all gaps rather than sort of like staying in like a layer, they kind to of fill all gaps. So you've got, got to get that disconnect from Tetris there as well. Yeah. Uh, but it works really well, various different modes in there. So you've got like this beat mode, type attack, etc., etc all just variants of what of, of of the same thing but it gives enough variety in there i think i spend most of my time in the beat mode but it's it's really really good fun overall works really well on the switch really well um great conversion got all the accessibility options so there's different colorblind options um you can turn on and off screen effects all those kind of things which is really really appreciative um, I was able to play it with, with poor vision, which is really good. Uh, but I've just spent, I, like, I've managed to spend probably a couple of hours with it um, over a few days, which might not sound like a lot, but we'll come to a reason why that's a lot in a minute, in a little bit. But yeah, really enjoyed it. The one thing I must point out, though, unfortunately, is that it does need some work on the uh, user interface. Right. I can't remember noticing it on PC, but um, it, but the way it selects menu um, options, it's very hard to know whether you're selecting the right one or not. Um, so it does that thing where it just changes the colour of confirm or, um, or deny, for example. So cancel or select is like it goes red, but it doesn't indicate really what one you've actually got or which one's which. So you're kind of guessing. I just have to hope you've got it right. So a bit, just like just one little like UI markers would help really with that. But that again, it's the it's, 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 it's they're not the only ones to make that mistake. The accessibility options on the whole are absolutely fantastic. But just that one little thing, unfortunately, is just is a little bit of a pain in the ass. But the game itself, absolutely superb, and I'll be playing a lot more. And I'll speak about it again properly when I've got all my wits about me.
1: It's one I definitely want to pick up. Yeah, I, I definitely want to have a go of it on the Switch, like you say. Um, but it's just those. It's just a handheld kind of a game. Those things they really are. And, yes. You know, eventually I'd like to have you know that and Mixalumia on there as well. I was talking last week about uh, playing Tetris Effect connected on the Switch, which I bought, and you know, well had, done. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, you'll li- listen back. You'll you'll hear what I say about that uh, situation. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's fantastic and uh, it's just such a good pick up and play thing that, that gives you that little sp- spike of dopamine, even though I'm absolute garbage at it, you know, I just I <laughs> struggle so much and it's, uh, I, I, there's a couple of things and I, I don't know if it, this is something I should ask offline rather than online, but I'll go for it anyway, is like how are you... Well, <laughs> What's what's your recommendation for using the zone mode? Because I really struggle to get the most out of it.
0: On Tetris is this topic. Yes, yes. Sorry. I generally, um, again, I, I'm not very good at scoring on on journey mode. But what I generally tend to do is build it up, then make sure I could build up enough of a a a, a, a well where I can then activate it and just put pieces down so a two a two well two wide or three wide well where I can then make sure I'm going right in 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 and then building that up quickly and what you want to try and do is do at least one zone per per round and I I generally find it can work well uh, by getting it towards the end so when you're at about maybe 33 uh, Thirty-three out of thirty-five clears, for example, will be to activate it then, um, so that your final bits are just then just to pick up any loose loose ends at the end.
1: Right, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I'm way behind that. I'm having to use it in the later levels as just a way to survive because it's just yeah anything over level ten for me, speed level ten. I'm just I just find it practically impossible. It, like I know that you've got it doesn't you don't have that super glue effect now where know yeah, once it hits the row below, it doesn't stick to it immediately, and you can still move them around a bit. Yeah, but even with that, I just I'm just not fast enough. I just can't react quickly enough. So you know, yeah, I have to use zone over level ten just to slow things down.
0: Yeah, see, I find that really weird because I, I'm at a point where um, until it gets to level ten, I find it I don't find it tedious um tetris but i need it to be at that level to sort of like get what i think is the proper tetris feeding from it oh yeah i
1: can i can imagine that yeah totally um because there's a lot of strategy involved that i just don't have and i'm pretty good at like keeping my eye out on what's coming next and, and maybe banking the right kind of the right kind of shapes rather than the wrong ones um yeah but even so, I can't, I'm not good at kind of wiggling them into weird spaces, you know. I think there's a big load of strategy around that these days, isn't there?
0: Yeah, your T spins, your S spins, your Z spins, yeah.
1: Yeah, that stuff, what you said.
0: Yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, te- Tetris, you try and explain it to people who have only ever played like on Game Boy and stuff like that and just go, yeah, it's, yeah this is not what Tetris is anymore. It, it is a totally different thing, uh, but it's still the same game at its core. It's, it's um, you know, the T-spins I, I could do naturally, like T-spin doubles. Uh, you, you, you look for moments to do those and you quickly set those up and then you got your treble setups and stuff like that. Um, see, I'm not at a level yet where I can pre-set those up middle of a game. I'm waiting for opportunities for those to come in. Um, you know I'm, I'm nowhere near being sort of like a top player of Tetris I love it I'm, but you know I'll play it every day if I could all day uh, but I'm nowhere near being one of the top players um, and even I look at the, what the reaction speeds of some people just go how how is your brain and fingers doing that so, I'd imagine if you know, for some, I, I can't get my head around that some people could probably look at me playing level 10 speed and thinking the exact same thing because I think I'm super slow at it.
1: Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? I was watching some games done quick stuff, and uh, actually, no, it was um, Summoning Salt, which is a channel on YouTube that goes through how people got to where they are with uh, speedruns, and yeah. You know where the where the scene is with a particular game, and it goes game by game. And it's really good, and there was one which I'm gonna say was Contra, and it was there were exploits that you could only do to beat things in like a certain in, in a certain time if you were able to hit the button without auto fire at greater than twelve times per second. Jesus and. Yeah, and there were people who could do it. And, you know, you wouldn't necessarily believe that unless you saw it, but there was video of these, and there is. You can look, you can see. There's video of people doing it, and you're just like, how is that hand even moving at that speed and that consistently? Because it's to hit sort of frame patterns in the game and to match the frame pacing. And, you know, it not only has to be that fast, it has to be in a rhythm so that it's correct. And it's just like, that's... Surely that's physically impossible. And these are the equivalent of people who are like Olympians, but in gaming. Yeah. And I think that's the same with, you know, with, with Tetris and Tetris Effect.
0: Yeah, I still think the the most craziest thing I've ever seen is people playing StarCraft at the top level. Oh, really? Yeah. You watch their fingers go on that keyboard. You just go, how? Mental. Especially when it's a strategy game as well. So you're like, you, I, 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 yeah. That blows my mind still watching people play starcraft at the top level
1: cool i'll check that out <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah that's it for me from game, so whatever you've got left
1: well the main one is a game that i've had my eye on for a little while and i knew it was getting released and then it hit and i bought it immediately which is a game called arcade on vr uh it's arc- Ark A R K A D E. dash a d e it's getting there on like one of the worst titles for a game ever made and uh you know never mind luckily the game itself is is very very good so far so what it is is it's um a fairly blatant Tron kind of rip-off like styled game and you start the game off and you know you're presented with an arcade cabinet with a gun and you walk up and pick up the gun and then you're sucked into the arcade game itself and then everything is Tron styled And what you have to do is you've got full free movement, it's not on rails, and it's a shooter. And you have to also, as as well as shooting the enemies, protect this kind of little floating ball, you know, a bit like the Guilty... Is it called Guilty Spark from Halo? The the little floaty robot thing that follows you around. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, And yeah, you kind of have to protect that as well as protect yourself, which is good. It's not a kind of awkward... Rescue mission style scenario because it can take a lot of damage, but it does mean that you have to pay attention to it and stuff like that and the enemies fire in different directions it it's got uh you can shoot the enemy' bullets for extra points and just you know for defense and you get more for headshots more points for headshots and also you've got bullet time you can get bullet time and you can also shoot like you shoot icons that appear in in the level and um, one of them's bullet time extra health different weapons so in that regard it's a little bit like a on rails time crisis style light gun shooter yeah but as i say you know it's got full movement and what sort of differentiates it from like robo recall which is like probably the best vr shooter that i've played is partly the graphics you know it's like that tron style yeah but also it's kind of like a score based thing and it's got like quite interesting level design it's got like destructible walls and obviously you can hide behind everything in full VR and it's got like little dips and nooks and crannies and it's got um, gun turrets and it's it's got all sorts. It it really has a very, very strong Tron vibe. It, It uses the aesthetic but it doesn't rip off the actual designs of characters. It's got its own kind of enemy character design that has its own fresh feeling sort of thing. So it kind of nicks the idea of Tron, but then it takes it in a different direction. And another great thing is that it has, similar to rail shooters, it has enemies in the background that flash past that if you manage to hit them, you get extra points for, which keeps things a bit fresh, you know, and you get really good bonuses for for hitting them and you can use your bullet time to do that. And then at the end of the level, because I'm only on the first level at the moment, Um, you get to fight, uh, I think it's called Ark, and I think aid is the little one, the little thing you're protecting, and it's like a giant skull and crossbones, with the crossbones being like Dr Octopus's arms, and they fire weapons at you, and knocking them back on health reveals a weak spot, and blah blah blah. I think that it's designed so (laughs) the health on that thing is immense, because I've Play, I've, I was on him for about 10 minutes or more before I died. Yeah. Got through a load of rounds and he was still alive. So it's designed to be really, really tough, massive boss battle, you know. Anyway, it's one of those that I think if it was just a, a regular FPS or even a, a light gun shooter, it'd still be quite good. But in VR, it's really excellent. Uh, it, it uses the space really well. The fact that it's full traversal is excellent. You've got loads of comfort settings, so you can sit or stand, and you can have different movement, you know, so that you don't get sick. And it's got all that built in. It's got loads of aim methods. The reload method is to to flick your gun either up or down. Um, so yeah, it's nice. It's got a good a good blend of physical interactivity along with the the regular gameplay. So so far, yeah, it's it's a real good. It's only in early access, uh, and there's a couple of things I could I'm gonna feedback on i think that need improving but generally yeah good stuff
0: and it's a vr only isn't it that one
1: yeah yeah fully vr only and it's not available on quest it, it needs a full pc vr setup
0: oh, good now it'll be interesting to hear more of that when it comes out of uh, early access
1: yeah there's not many coming out that i mean i think this is from a very small team might even be a single guy but at least a very small team and there are very few now games coming out for full PC VR that aren't designed for Quest first and foremost, or are just, like, Quest fully. So, like, Resident Evil 4 has just got a Quest release, and it's not available on on the Rift for me, Um, which is disappointing, because I'd like to play that in VR. But yeah, there's very few. I've got my so I had my eye on that. I've got my eye on a hoverbike racing game. And also there's Lone Echo Two and I reviewed Lone Echo on here a few months ago, like I bought it when it was cheap. Yeah. And well that's absolutely superb. And I was gonna hold off on getting Lone Echo Two just to give myself a bit of space between the original and the sequel. But I also want to see whether it's gonna fall into my games of the year, so I've got to play it before the end of the year. So there's three fairly major games that I'm going to have a go on but yeah it's it's a kind of a bit of a arid wasteland at the moment.
0: Yeah which is a shame if you're into, into VR it still sounds like a minefield to me anyway so yeah. I hope, I'm hoping maybe down the line it'll be more accessible to people like me as well.
1: Yes and who knows where it's going with that yeah but hopefully it'll be something as I said a few weeks ago I'm really hoping that the, the PS5's VR solution really takes off because if it, I think that's the key now. If it takes foothold there and gets a bigger audience and big impact, then we'll start seeing Microsoft take notice, and then we'll start to see it. You know, hopefully, more devices coming out that you can actually play proper games on.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'll be it. Yeah, the the PS five one I think is massive in terms of public acceptance.
1: Yeah, I'm very, very kind of. I'm very unsure of how it's going to be received. It's going to depend a lot on levels of boredom, price point, exactly when it drops in the market. You know how many PS fives are actually out there and available because it's still really low. Four. Um. So yeah, it's got a lot. It's got a lot, of, lot of things to overcome, a big hill to climb. But fingers
0: crossed. Fair enough, fair enough. Right, I'm going to force us to move on now because I'm beginning to get a bit. Ugh. Yeah, of course. So, as she probably had mentioned last week, um, I wasn't here. Um, I've been hit with COVID and it's not been mild. I almost feel bad saying it's not been mild because obviously people have had it much, much worse. Hospitalisation and death and and things like that. But, yeah, I've not had it mild. Um, The entire household, the entire flat got hit with it. Lucas had it really mild. Barely even noticed he had it. Edith was down in the dumps and slept a fair amount. But aside from that, it was too bad. I low got it quite badly, where she was having to sort of like rest up, and um, she had the, the, the headaches, the, uh, the gut issues, and things like that. Um, and then on the Saturday, I I felt really bad. I had a couple of symptoms beforehand, but I was still testing negative. On the Saturday, I woke up and just felt awful, and took the. Uh, lateral flow and that came up positive so took a pcr and took that down to uh, the post box got back and i was just wiped out from then on i'm trying to remember sort of like the order of how things went and i I can't Um, i was delirious at points over the past 10 12 days i've had every single pain imaginable um i've been barely able to breathe um you remember i think you spoke to me at one point last week yeah i could barely get two words out yeah um which you thought was good that'd be the best time for us to do a podcast together you said you said that'd be great
1: i was quite disappointed that you didn't do it to be honest
0: yeah
1: Yeah, you're a bit of a wimp but yeah
0: (laughs) but yeah i was barely able to breathe couldn't talk i was coughing constantly and the worst part is, um, do, you know, do you know when you have diarrhoea um, and you're like, oh, is that or is that not? And so you go, oh, I better get to the toilet just in case. Uh, that's the worst I've ever had it before. And he, I always assumes that was struggling to control, uh, c- uh, control your bowels. No, right. With COVID, I, I, for the first time, could not control my bowels at all
1: oh blimey
0: like again still you can put in trigger warnings or anything when you edit that's where this goes but um literal was just just pouring out of me but i couldn't do anything about it whatsoever no warnings no anything to get to the toilet it's uh i mean honestly it was so free-flowing it was almost like the conservatives had voted for it to start coming out of me. Body tories. Yeah, topical humor yeah. still. There you go. So I woke up one night and I was like, ah oh, s***. Um, tried to get myself to the toilet, but I had no balance, no strength. I was falling over, pulling myself to the toilet, and it was just absolutely everywhere. It, it was embarrassing, uh, but you're also too ill to care at the same time yeah um i I just at that point i was like I just what is absolutely wrong with me there was times where i honestly i felt like i don't know if i'm going to die or not yeah did not know whether i was going to be able to continue um you just cannot see you cannot see an end to the pain um, you cannot see an end to any of it uh feeling bad, and then i couldn't eat so uh, what what was really weird i could eat I could eat liquid is the only way I could put it, so soup I could just about do, but I'm still having to chew soup. Um, to convince myself to swallow it yeah Um, i tried um, like early on tried having sort of like a a, some macaroni cheese it's like it's it's like soft it's it's warm it's it's wettish you know it's got some lubricant to it um and you're chewing stuff down beyond the paste before your brain or your body's going okay i will accept this into into the throat now um not because you've got a sore throat or anything like that it's just your body's going nope 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 yeah then the pain, uh, sorry the, uh, the the headaches that, that that were there with it, the sickness that's there with it, um, everything your body does is just like it's just going. Yeah, we're going to put everything wrong with you. I uh, originally compared it to when I had the flu. When I was nineteen, like proper flu, not not what people call flu, but the actual knocking you out, you might die of flu. Yeah. Um and I was like, oh, this is probably the closest I've been to that. I'm not gonna lie, it was worse. Wow. Absolutely worse. And I started to get started to, I've started to get better over the past few days. But what your body then does to you is he goes, Right, okay, you starting to get better with these bits. Um feeding it's starting to feel better. You're like, Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to feel a bit better, buddy. Thank you. Okay, right. I'm then gonna take a shovel to your face because you've never suffered with your sinuses before, have you, Brad? And i am like, No, I've never suffered with my sinuses before, never. Okay, right, now you're gonna suffer with your sinuses. Oh, lovely. I was like oh Jesus Christ I've never won like when I've heard people talk about sinus issues before and I've not belittled them I've like I've just never really understood because I've never suffered with them Jesus Christ oh my god that is a horrible pain yeah, yeah. you just can't do anything about it because of where it is and it's just like I was like, oh no and it's like why why are you punishing me with this now I, you know I've probably missed things out but it is ah, oh, it's the worst it is the absolute worst <sighs> Bloody hell. I mean,
1: I've had stuff, like, I had the flu, like, proper flu, like, like you said. I've actually had that twice, unfortunately. (laughs) Well, lucky me. Um, And that was horrendous. Like, the pain, just every joint aching, uh, that was horrible. Mm. And I've had gastroenteritis, um, which they used to call gastric flu, which is similar to what you're talking about, the the bathroom situation. Uh, And I couldn't eat for a week. Practically, um, but I've never had all of that together along with the sinus pain. Uh, I just can't imagine what it's like. I'd have been crying out for the morphine <laughs> at that point. I really would.
0: Um, uh, yeah, apparently, but that still wasn't enough to obviously be in hospital. Um, so, f- what level the people are at when they go to hospital? I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I, I, yeah, I wouldn't wish this on anyone anyone at all but i'm gonna try and fit in a, just a little bit of a rant if i may you. please do which is deniers anti-vaxxers anti-freedom maskers and, uh, and things like that no right screw you all Screw! all oh, this could have been nearly done and dusted by now if you'd all helped like just joined in, followed the rules, helped with all of this. We could have been almost clear of this. Had less issues than we that we're having now. I, I am under no illusion. If I hadn't had both my jabs, I would have been in, at least been in hospital with this, and that that's kept me out of hospital. Um, and I wanted to stay out of hospital because so I didn't want to put extra pressure on on the NHS because I know they're starting to burst again with all this. If you are an anti-vaxxer, I don't think we've got many of those listening to us, but if you are an anti-vaxxer, screw you. It's not even a... Just think about it. No. Okay, you're making this worse. You are making it so that... This will not go. The variants are going to get worse. They're going to take over worse. It is, going, it is going to kill more people. More people are going to be suffering from this. Not let's just get back to normal. There is no getting back to normal at the moment. I'm knowing more and more people who are getting this, who are getting hit by COVID, who have done everything they can to stay safe, to keep others safe, and are now getting hit by this because of selfish tolls who can't be bothered to help the rest, because they're so filled up with conspiracy bullshit. You know, wearing masks is taken away from our freedoms. No, it not Right, sorry if you've got to bleep any of this, but no, f*** off. F*** off is there any conspiracy. No way does wearing a mask take away your poxy freedoms. Okay, what takes away your freedom is being laid up in your bed for 12 days solid nearly because you can't move. Everything hurts. Everything aches. You can't get out. You can't do a single thing. What takes away your freedoms is my partner not being able to work for 10 days but not get any extra money for it because the money's gone from it. The government doesn't care. Ten days' work lost for a family with no money's a lot. All because you don't want to wear a poxy mask because you don't want to take the vaccine, right? Now, I'm not aiming this at people who do have genuine like asthma issues and stuff like that. I get that, right? But there's a difference between I can't wear a mask because of whatever, but still, then social distancing—that's fine. My partner struggles with her asthma. She tries not to. She she wears a mask when she absolutely has to because it She does struggle with breathing. But she social distances, not this full on bullshit of "Where's my freedoms?" None of that. No, so. And COVID deniers—they can fuck off the worst. You cannot deny this is here, and I can't believe people still are. You have made this harder and harder and harder, and it's only going to get worse if you do not pull your heads out of your.
1: Fuck. I don't think there are hopefully very many, like you say, people who would listen to this podcast who who wouldn't have it. Have it done, you know wouldn't have the vaccine, but you know I think the government you know takes so much blame for just not informing the public properly and not just making sure that there's a you ha- that you have to kind of propagandize you know it's like people often people who, who are on our side of it often say, you know, well, imagine what it'd be like in World war two if you're like, oh, the government can't tell me to black out my lights and they can't stop me going out to the pub and going into the shelter and all this. It's like, yeah, put it in that perspective. The fact that the government put so much effort into propagandising things, uh, you know, of of keeping the populace safe, that it, it kind of, it meant that you had to be a part of it or you were socially excluded because you were an outlier and I don't think there's been anywhere near enough of that and that's absolutely terrible, but people do have to take personal responsibility, you know? Uh, denial is a, is a ridiculous thing. Uh, there's no, I understand you being frightened, but it it just hurts everybody, you know? You've got to get over your fear and just go with it and try and help rather than being a hindrance. Uh, be an adult, take responsibility. And, you know, a lot of these adults will have kids and your kids are going to suffer. So, yeah, no, I know, I, I totally, totally understand where you're coming from with all of that.
0: Yeah, it's um. I could not wish this on anybody at all, um, and honestly, I think until you've suffered it, you really, I, I don't think you can get an understanding of just honestly how bad it is, and it's, the fact that it does affect different people differently, it's, you know, me, my partner, my two kids, all have suffered different levels, and uh, yeah, I I'm... Yeah, I think I'm done <laughs> sorry
1: yeah yeah no I totally understand yeah so we'll leave it there um, obviously you know very difficult time very very uh, good of Brad and very brave of him to come on and, and speak on the podcast and talk about it so really appreciate that and take away what you can from it listeners and You know, if you have any questions, make sure you look out there for answers from the right people. YouTube is not an educational resource, as useful as it may be. You know, make sure you're looking at stuff that is properly peer-reviewed. Make sure that you're following links that are to legitimate places when you're gaining your information. But your baseline should always be, this is happening, it's happening to everybody, and we all have to pull together to make it you know, to minimise the impact as much as possible. Uh, If you can feel like you can need to look into that more, go ahead, but make sure you're looking at the right resources. Conspiracy theories are just damaging to everybody. Again, as I say, 99% of our audience won't have to take this into consideration, but for perhaps the 1% who do, please do think on with that and have a look into it properly and ask your doctor if you've got any any real questions about that as well but in the meantime particularly at this time stay safe and stay sane